0: like uh first of all this chapter is called um chapter five the symbolism of christ the cross the crucifix the communion and christian holidays oh boy oh boy oh boy i'm so excited okay
1: um dedication this essay is dedicated to all of the black men who are in greater confinement which are um, prisons and jails with the hope that they will be encouraged never to give up the struggle against white supremacy domination. Once they understand what the struggle is truly about, they would never return to jail and their behavior will no longer be anti-racist, blind reaction to stress from ignorance, anger, and fear, but effectively counter-racist. Many of these Black men and their letters to me have also have given me great encouragement, support, and help towards continuing our fight for justice, all Black people are still in confinement. Well, so um, I'm sure, well, I don't know, I sure speak for everyone, but I have um, family members who have been in greater confinement from longer than they've been in regular confinement, which is um, a large exper- experience for a lot of our um, Black comrades in this genocide. So yeah, I just wanted to share that
0: and read that. Yeah, um, before we jump into it, does anyone have any thoughts about the chapter? Any questions about the chapter? Anything you wanna talk about before? Not before, but just like, um, we don't have to jump right into it. I would love to hear um, people's own understanding voices well.
1: I have a question for everyone. I I would like to ask um, who here? identifies as um, a Christian or a Catholic or any any of that do we have any why identify with these religions no okay
0: um. I once I was um groomed and programmed by my family and those around me to uh be Christian um and so I have a lot of um understanding and familiarization with the role of Christianity and how uh the rules basically of this religion and um to me, as a kid, I, I had a hard time believing a lot of things that I read, especially the aspect of hell. Like I, I remember going to church as a child and being told if I was bad, I would go to hell. And to me, that just didn't make any sense. And and, and also, it didn't make sense to go to hell forever because I wasn't bad forever. So why should the punishment be forever? A lot of um, a lot of illogical things that were being told to me. And um and also fearing, like why would I, why would you fear your creator? It sounds pretty dumb, honestly. Sounds pretty silly, you know, if you ask me. But, well actually here's a an for you guys. What are your experiences with institutionalized religions? Um
1: well like you, um, my I wanna call it my, my African survival unit, you know better known as um, family. Um, I was um, forced to um, be Christian and um, my Sunday school teacher, he would just like, like just a, a huge like walking contradiction. Like he was like teaching, teaching kids like uh, about the Christ, but like, he would make really, really like ina- inappropriate like jokes and stuff, you know, like, you know, really cruel humor. it was just like, you know, it was just like the hypocrisy that is supposed to manifest under the system of white supremacy. That's my tab bit. No one one else has any um, experiences.
2: Well, I just, let me just throw this in. Um, I've been doing some research. I'm actually doing some writing around this um, very powerful topic. You know, the only way for white supremacy to have to have to have gained the stronghold that it that it has is by uh, not only dethroning. The queens. If you look through the Bible, you'll see the Book of Kings. So my question to the Christians and the Bible thumpers is: What happened to the Book of Queens? So, you know, the last uh, pharaoh of Egypt was was a woman, Cleopatra, and they th- they had uh, a myriad of queens throughout the dynasties. And the only way for them to even get white male supremacy up and running was to first, not only dethrone, they they tried that in Egypt and Africa, but there was respect for the gender roles. They knew and they practiced them. And the woman was always held in a slightly, not a great deal, but the queen was always held in slightly higher esteem than the king you Look at the headdresses, the ancient Egyptian headdresses. They the, the queen's headdress always sat slightly higher than the king's, right? Um, so they had to, uh, not only like I said, deep, dethr- <laughs> yeah, I see that they not only had to dethrone the queen, and, 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 and as a side note, if you look real close at the colossal statues of the pharaohs, you will see that they had locks. They're, they're detailed in, if you look close at the photos, right? right? Um, but um, so not only did they de- have to dethrone the queen, they had to enslave her. And so, and so that's why the Pope can't have a woman. Now, just imagine the, the, bringer, the, 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 the person, the one, the, the woman that brings forth life. It's a sin to sleep with the woman. You came out of a woman. And it's a, sli- and it's a sin for you to sleep with the woman? So, so, so you, know, I, I, you know, me and Christianity, I, I can go on. I can lecture about Christianity. But, but that is actually the origin of white supremacy, white male supremacy, by yeah, I- enslaving the woman.
1: Yeah, earlier um Joe mentioned how like the mythology is so important and this white supremacy. And uh if you if you look back on like all of like um European like mythos and logos, it's all like, you know, anti-women's always like the man having to like, you know, survive in a men are like, you know, have multiple lovers and like their men are often fornicating with each other and bestiality often plays a huge role their mythos for some reason you know the sirens you know the whole siren situation those things are are not human but you know they're like you know telling tales of like you know having sex with them and their folk tale and whatnot that's just one example that i just came up with Ben, you're muted.
2: I just said the whole Christian religion is founded upon homosexuality, and you can see it throughout the entire culture, throughout the entire ages of Christianity, even in the Black Church. You have you have you have you have, you have uh, an extreme amount of homosexuality going on in the Black Church because I think that that religion promotes it and cultivates homosexuality. <laughs> hey, Ben, I, I need you to say
3: more about that.
2: that
3: thought? Can you explain that, that thought for me a little bit more?
2: Okay. Uh, for the reason of power, of power and maintaining power, if Say, for example, during that time, the Roman generals weren't even allowed to have wives either. Uh, They considered the women, uh, to have a relationship with a woman, you are actually acquiescing to her wishes at the end of the day. So in order to completely suppress and, and oppress her power, you can't have them at all. You can't have a woman at all. They had way too much influence over a man's decision making. So to to avoid any influence from that woman, you had to eliminate any relationship with her at all. And all she was there for was to serve you as a slave. They were the slaves. They were the Europeans' first slaves, were the women and children. so, in order for them to maintain that, they realized wh- by watching, by everything they learned was obviously from ancient Egypt, from from Kemet, and they they learned from them that if we're gonna, if and also, I think it's a human nature thing. I, I think there's a there's a distinction between the nature of the European, like we discussed last time, the doggy dog savagery, of 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 coming up in an area. Where there's little vegetation, it's very cold, and they have to eat animals and meat. Whereas you're dealing with the people from a climate where there's plenty of vegetation.
4: Yeah, They're saying there's a theory that the, the the caveman theory made the women um as a, it was more like a hindrance for them, the women and the children, because of the lifestyle that they they were they were living. Um, you know, women and children were seen as to them in their eyes as as a burden.
2: Well put. Well put.
1: Yeah, I think the the whole survival of the fittest thing, that thing, that whole like idea, can be traced back to the whole period, the pre- third time of the Neanderthals and the whites living up in those ice icy Europe. Yeah,
4: where, the where, Ice
1: where, Man, the Cave Man. Yeah, where like they really it was survival of the fittest. The whole like bodies like evolved to um to survive in like those harsh conditions. This is why um, black people have like um, white noses because we need um, more air to go into our noses to to cool our brains down because um, the heat in Africa. Whereas in um, Europe, it was so cold over there, they um, didn't um, need white noses anymore. So they evolved to have like, you know, like noses that go down as small hoses, small holes. So to prevent the um, cold air from going into their brain also they have like there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that happened that i learned yesterday via um hidden colors 2 that's recommended that mary and trey is a great documentary but yeah it's just just so deep this um just this race thing man this thing that is you know yikes
0: and um i just want to remind everybody throughout this uh group we will be learning a lot of things that will make us uncomfortable and um like definitely will force us to really process things that we thought were our own decisions and that was natural to us um for example um what, what was it i just just the way the way I, I used to like rationalize every single decision i made and i would try to be control of everything in my life that's not possible actually it's, it's a very mechanical way of thinking, and it's also very, very destructive to, um, like, mind your mental health, your spiritual health, and um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I just, this this is one of those books that's like Pandora's box. It's like, oh wow, yikes, and um, yeah, like for example, I, I didn't know like Christianity symbolism was so horrid until reading this book. You know, I knew Christianity was garbage. Uh, because i was a christian and i i knew that it wasn't helping anyone around me oh yeah, yeah another, thing about, another thing about christianity is that I, I would be i would be in church and i would be like wow all these people in my neighborhood are getting shot and robbed every single day because i grew up in south Central la and god was not there to save them jesus ain't never stopped a bullet ain't never stopped someone from smoking crack ain't never stopped someone from selling crack so to me, like, it was just a facade. It was like, wow, this guy y'all worshiping is not the same God I'm worshiping, you know? Because I'm not worshiping him no more. The fact that it's a him too is kind of weird. Like like all, all of the, like this yeah. UFO scary man in the sky is going to kill you if you're not like him, you know?
1: Yeah, um, I, I want to comment on um, what Ben said. I think like, I've never um, heard like that origin of Christianity broke it down that far that far, like that before but i think the logic definitely checks out i think like the logic definitely definitely checks out if you're um contextualizing that within the system of white supremacy so that's what i want to say
0: And our Sunday school teacher definitely was not um definitely existed on the spectrum for sure as well what was it gonna? um mary since you're like uh
5: here, you wanna just do a quick check-in? Yes, hi everybody. Um, I hope everyone's well. I've just made it home from work and uh, it, it was it was quite a buzz. It was great energy. I was dealing with the people painting and celebrating their birthdays and encouraging that. So I'm not tired, but I'm tired physically, but I'm not tired. So I'm yeah, mentally I'm i I'm very much here. So happy to to be here and um yes speak my part on um because i know everybody's here has talked about um chapter four already haven't you yeah
2: mm-hmm.
5: yep I, there's no sound reading about it, but um i wanted to like my two cents on chapter four and um i i really enjoyed reading chapter four it was very healthy for my brain it's something that I already rec- I already recognized and um, I hadn't watched hidden colors I understood that symbolism is something that's deeply ingrained to us which is why media adverts tvs flash as much as they can in a day just to get you thinking about certain products it's why billboards work, work to a certain extent or you you smell something and remind you of a symbol that you lost, so but then I never thought about it in the context of how it's literally used to degrade our own thinking about ourselves and continue this this superiority complex that um, european society has us we losing you we lost your
2: literally, audio
5: literally we are all literally mentally ill how how about now Hello? Yep. Yeah. You're, you're
4: better, Ash. Perfect.
5: Okay. Yeah. Turn off my video. Okay. Is that better? Yes,
2: yeah, so we can hear you fine now.
5: That's yes. better. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna read what she had mentioned. She said, Count- Counter-racist psychiatry defines mental health as patterns of logic, thoughts, um, speech, action, emotional response, and perception consciously practiced by the victims of white supremacy, meaning that we practice this ourselves with the objective um, of eradicating racism at a global level. Maybe I didn't read that as I should have. This is, okay, counter Okay, that's not the particular part um, that I'm, I'm talking about, but she basically stated that we are all mentally ill until we actually realize that we are victims of the white supremacy.
4: Oh, I know what part yeah. you're talking about, Barry. Yeah, yeah, We're go ahead. Dealing
5: with like sleeping or like um, not awakened to the world. Sorry? Yeah,
1: she was. She would just have heard me
5: what you said. Right. That's it. Sorry, it's because. Yeah, so, yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is the fact that uh, um, most people who are not aware of, like, white supremacy, well, I myself, I understand that I'm unlearning a lot and it's going to take a while for my mental health to really align and adjust it's going to take real practice but it's helped me understand that when i'm talking to people on a regular basis i cannot be too upset in a sense because everybody is literally working from a state of like a deprived mental health based on the forced um conditioning that we've had which is yeah why i appreciate this this chap that chapter so much
1: Yeah, um, I I love her definition of um, black mental health. Uh, I think it's really important that black people do not compare their um, mental capacities or mental health to white people ever Um, because that's just has historically um, led to just the continuing of our destruction and our um, collective like erosion
0: Yeah, um, thanks for sharing. I actually, um, it was good to hear you um, bring up that, the Black mental health bit, because it's something that I forgot to mention when I was doing my uh, covering of chapter four. So yeah, and um, Salia, did you have something you wanted to say?
4: Oh, I was, I was just, um, because Mary had read the wrong part, but I was just telling Mary that I, I knew exactly what part she was talking about. It's around in that area. I think it was. On page 53, because I have wrote down the same thing, um, what Mary was saying about the mentally ill, uh, basically, if you're participating in uh, this symbolism, you're basically submitting to, and you are uh, mentally ill, and she also said self-negating, I think was the word.
1: Yes, self, self-negating, and also, um, there's um Dr. Caban. He um yeah, he said he yeah, he, yeah. he calls it um subtle suicide, you know, which is also like basically the same thing as self-negating, you know, like doing anything that like is eventually going to lead to um your your death, you know, alcohol consumption, cigarette smoke, um just, all the toxins that that the white people have made to give us comfort or give us a to uh, satisfy our, our sweet tooth. You know, all those things. Are How about Lil sung. Wayne? How about
2: What was that? How about Lil Wayne?
1: Oh well, yeah, Lil Wayne is like in a perpetual state of um, being like reacting to racism, <laughs> and also um, self self negating, subtle suicide-ing. I I'm if his songs are accurate, but. You know, was, what I
4: found interesting, though, that Mary's brought in, uh, brought it up, um, when she was saying um, us participating like that really like rang in my ears when I was reading that. Um, and I think our last session, uh, Trey had brought it up too. He was like, "Yeah, this is a system that we're living in," but this chapter really. Um, Honed in on like the symbolism and what are we participating? What are we? What are we participating in? How are we participating in this by consuming these things? You know, some of it we can't help because it's literally all around us, and then some of this other stuff we are literally participating in it. And she's bringing that up like you're choosing to participate in some of these things, and that is a mental illness. And but then she also gives us a definition mm. of someone who isn't mentally ill black people who aren't mentally ill and she calls them um, the group respecting or the supporting and I felt that was uh, mm-hmm. very powerful too
0: thanks Leah for sharing uh, Thank you Mary and Swa. Um, um, Did you guys did you guys notice the uh, the forward before she begins the actual um, essay, she kind of gives like a blurb about how this, this is not intended to be psycho- psychologist or offensive to anyone. And that's something I've been trying to do when I'm having like uh, online arguments or just uh, talking to people about these things. Uh, I try to be very, very nice. Um, but I'm, I'm learning that um, I'm, going, I'm not gonna do it anymore I'm not gonna really talk about these things with people anymore unless I know it's gonna be constructive like arguing with like obese white people on Facebook is not how <laughs> 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 um was I, I was doing about this morning and I, I have to ask myself what am I what am I doing it's like why am I doing this <laughs> you
5: do not argue with the trolls you don't do that
0: yeah because so so here for context, um, a black woman that on my friend list had posted is is black privilege real? Like, is it a, is it a real thing? And um, I just wanted to see who commented, and then a white woman had commented saying that, "Yeah, it is, real, Blah blah blah. And I was like, mm, very interesting that <laughs> I mean, like, you would say such a thing when you live inside white skin. So you know, but yeah. Do you guys saying, saying that, what
5: do you think of um Charlemagne's book, The Um Black Privilege? Is any has anybody here familiar with that what he says in that?
0: I've never I've, I've never heard I didn't know he had a book like that and I wouldn't read something like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: Char, Charlemagne is a is I don't want a name Paul but Charlemagne is is not constructive at all. At all. And, and that's not name calling. That's just. Do you guys
0: believe?
1: Do you? No, uh, I don't believe in a uh, black privilege or black merit. I
5: haven't read the book at all, but the only way that I would like to tie one time.
2: Is he claiming that we are privileged? Or there's some black privilege in this book by Charlemagne the Lef- something? Honestly,
5: like- I can't really comment on the book at all. I just thought, wow, black privilege. I haven't read it. The only the only thing that my brain really put, pulled together was our natural privileges of not dying sunshine but
1: yeah that's about it I don't think that's a privilege I think that's nature I think that's just you know nature and the laws of the universe have destined that to be you know that's not a privilege
5: that's true it isn't not with all these other layers that we have to deal with (laughs) oh man yeah, but one, one thing, thing, thing that I loved about yeah
1: Mary, you're saying
5: Yeah, thanks. Sorry, the one thing that I loved about um chapter four, it chapter four. it just makes me know wholeheartedly why it is that um the media needs to be controlled by um the Western world. Why they make sure that why they made sure the image of jesus christ is white in every single church why missionaries went around and were able to do what they did because they understood the power of symbolism and and the effects that will have on your mind it's just yeah
1: Yeah, uh, for those who of you who may not know, like white people, like went around and systematically like made every um church, well every like Christ figure white, and um and and, um churches, and also they um systematically lightened the 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 um, paintings on the the pyramids and, and inside the temples and stuff. They systematically lightened um those egyptian scans to erase black people out of um commit um the place in north africa known as egypt um so yeah religion capture the mind and then you could do it, it just yeah the the having a god be an impressive force and then having control of that oppressive force, I think that's a good way to uh, describe what white people have done from this religion. And we've seen it used to just dominate our people since its introduction to us. And I'll always hear some like some kind of we can reclaim we can re- reclaim it or like take stuff from it. But I, I think um I'm sure we can't take things for it, but I think the large majority of it should be throwing away just per- per- our religion collectively should become destroying race and white supremacy. Our religion should become counter racism, counter white supremacy. That's what I believe. And yeah. I could be wrong though.
0: Well, uh, I, uh, I agree religion is something you practice and our religion should be uh, making this planet more safer for the future of black people and the future of all melanated people um, and as the whites would say um, it should be safer for all the black brown red and yellow people because keep in mind we did not classify ourselves as this color and um nor did uh, the Native Americans classify themselves as red, and nor did the uh, Asiatic people classify themselves as yellow. This is all done by white people, by white men. I think his name was Cornelius Linnaeus, some shit like that, but he is the guy that classified the races. Um, but
2: yeah, let, I really, let's,
0: let's get into it. Let's get into this symbol. So, the first symbol we're going to talk about is the cross. Oh my, I was not prepared. <laughs> I had no idea actually that uh, it represented what it represents. And, um, and it makes sense to me because white people fear being genetically annihilated, right? And they have a lot of fears around the black male genitalia. And the cross is basically a castrated penis. And it makes so much sense when you understand racism, white supremacy, how this symbol has become so powerful. And now, whenever I'm outside and I see someone with a cross tattoo on them, I'm like, you have no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> please chime in. I, I know this was uh, a lot for everyone. So please, like. Um,
5: I feel exactly the same way today at um, work at Superstroke there was so many like amazing pieces of art and there was like two two black women sitting side by side and they had like a picture of a sunset. And the, 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 the word of the day was freedom, Thank believe it or not, the theme was freedom. And the woman had like a beautiful rainbow and a massive cross overlaying the rainbow. And the other one was a beautiful sunset with a cross in the distance. And I was just like, you guys have no idea. And they, these were strong, strong looking black women, they look older than me and I just thought I'm not going to ruin their day, <laughs> Like I'm not going to ruin their little paint session at this point but then I, I also came to understand that this is like a lot of people don't understand the the when you're calling God, Him constantly, you are worshipping this symbol, you have a lot of energy around, around males and and most times it's, it's not a positive one, like have you heard the terminology of people saying that they're the brides of Jesus? like i feel like it all ties in there's this obsession with the phallus, but not a healthy relationship with one and i feel like the cross kind of pertains to that
0: a lot Yeah. i just yeah thank you thank you so much for sharing man
1: yeah and um prior to um christianity the this cross was used in other religions to, to represent the phallic symbol so what the whites did is that they just took that that meaning of it already and and um added stuff to it so now it means like the taxation white survival but they added like the the sad pale christ figure on top of the cross you know because because this is an abstract symbol it could mean a lot of things because that's the power of symbol it could mean so much so they have this this figure, this sad, this image of like a uh, uh, pale, weak, white guy dying on a cross. And they used that as like a symbol to rally all of the people who they were going to classify as white. Because prior to like this really organized religion, white people were like really like um, not like unified. They were like doing a whole bunch of like barbaric stuff to each other. They're they really, they were like self-destroying each other. They're destroying each other. And, and until they had this organized religion and this organized, like, planned of white survival through genociding other people, that's when they became, like, this collective. And they really used this religion, this Christianity to, to, to accomplish that. And, yeah, if you want white supremacy at the end, we have to get all our brothers and sisters free, free of this beast of Christianity. Yeah. And, um, and if you, do agree, if you, if you disagree, I, I would love to hear, hear why. Um,
0: yeah, please, um, Joel, Ben, and Salil, please share your thoughts on the cross um, prior to prior to reading this chapter and post reading this chapter.
2: Okay, I'll go. Um, Prior to reading this, my understanding of the cross was a burden. We all have a cross to bear. Um, And to acknowledge and understand, it could be, I don't know, in a marriage, you, you know, you're in a relationship and, you know, it's a good relationship, but there's something about either person that is tough for you to deal with. But you have to. That's something that you might have to deal with. So that's the cross. You, you, you know, it's like the sacrifice you make. The cross symbolizes the sacrifice. Um, after reading this <laughs> and, and and other things, uh, I'm blown away by the depth of the symbolism of the cross, the uh, phallic symbol. Um, and how Salir pointed out, which is interesting, it's the opposite of the Ankh, which symbolizes eternal life, it was one of the symbols, etern- etern- you know, the coming forth of life and eternal life. And this is this is something that I've been working on myself, too, is that in the Catholic Church, they do the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost—the three, the Trinity, right? But in, no feminine
0: energy inside.
2: Huh?
1: I said no feminine energy inside.
2: Well, see, that was that's where I was going. The all, everything in 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 those writings, in those symbols, had me have meaning, have profound meaning and they never attach the meaning to the largest part of the cross which is the, the part that goes down that's the longest and where does it where does it stick where does it where does it sit it sticks into the mother earth so the bottom part of that cross symbolizes the mother what happened to the mother so uh it, again it's taking out it's taking out The female energy uh, in 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 that, and then and then take that's very interesting how the writer took it, and like she used the example of The Exorcist. How in The Exorcist that she took the cross and you know mutilated herself with the cross, and 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 how that's where the actual that's that's where that's where life springs forth from. I, I could go on. <laughs> I could go
1: on. Uh, I would love to contextualize some of what you said, uh, because when we look at re- religion, um, when we um, look at like people who classified are melanated well, people, or non-white people, um, they when they like think about their religion, um, they be like they they use it to like justify their suffering. And they like, use it to justify like bad things happen to them. or they use it to justify like, oh, like you know persevering, whether they're seeking to create justice you know or some sort of thing. And um, white people just use it to control or dominate it. They, you know, they don't actually believe their religion. And I want to like, emphasize what religion does to like the non-white mind because um, um, the author of Urugu, Dr. Murambi Ani, she was doing a lecture. And she mentioned how she was in Africa in a, in a bookstore and there was a whole bunch of Christian books. And she asked the black woman, why are you a Christian? And it took a long time for the black woman to understand that, like this is a valid question. And you know, like this is an important question that you shouldn't feel insecure about answering or whatnot. So then she asked, she answered and then she said, um, I, am a, I am that of a dirty rag and I've accepted Jesus Christ into my life to help me so that was just like a small example of what this so-called religion was doing to her mind and this is in africa the motherland so like they're, they're trying to become european <laughs> yeah so you know religion is very deadly especially to the mind so i just wanted to share that
0: yeah. um and been um slow i mean Salia, and Joel, you guys have any thoughts you guys want to share? Are your own interpretations of the cross post and pre the ISIS papers by Dr. Francis Cres Uh yeah,
4: sure. Um post. Uh, I never really had um a relationship with any sorts of religion. Um I was fortunately blessed that my parents uh didn't really uh um, push religion on me, which was strange because my dad is a Muslim, well, was a Muslim. He isn't a Muslim anymore. And um, my mom um, is still currently Christian, but um, they didn't really push religion on us. But as I was, when I was growing up, you know, I just, I don't know, I just never really, uh, that wasn't something that I really, something that really gravitated towards me. It wasn't really pushed upon me. So I never really gave it much thought or paid much attention to it. And anything that I really knew about Christianity it just didn't resonate with me. And because it never resonated with me, I never explored it. So people would ask me like, you know, like just bring up certain stuff because a lot of Black people know Bible scriptures and I don't know Bible scriptures. So they think that that's weird that I don't know any or can't recall any Bible scriptures. I don't know that stuff. That's not knowledge that I, that I have. But um, what I do have and what I do know is just through life experience and, and what I've observed, absorbed and observed through the universe. And um, so post I've always felt like religion was something that was another jail, another prison, another something to just keep somebody in control. I've always felt like that about religion. Why? I don't know, but maybe because I had two different religions with, with two different kind of viewpoints that were totally to me opposite of one another. If you think about Muslims and Christianity, because Muslims and that female figure is very, very, very sketchy in, 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 in um, Islamic uh, traditions. And then with Christianity, it's more the way they hide the feminine uh, figures kind of more um, suscrete versus if you compare it to, to uh, Islam. But um, overall, um, uh, I just feel like I didn't have a relationship post, but pre-reading this, to me, it was like, that makes sense. Like, thank you. That makes total complete sense. I needed this information. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how I read this and was like, cause now it helps me to understand what I'm dealing with. And once I understand what I'm dealing with, I know how I need to prepare myself.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate for, for sharing that. Um, I think, I think I've I've come to understand in life that there is a difference between religion and spirituality, um, and religion in many ways is um, it can be a conduit to spirituality, um, but it can also be weaponized, right? Um, so in looking at the symbology of the cross, which is not something that I grew up with either, um, it I think I always understood it as sort of like phallic, right, um, and the times when I've been exposed to like Catholicism, right, like um, the theatricality of it, right, um, and the way that folks sort of suspend logic for a lot of what they're doing, especially in comparing say catholicism to um, more african diaspora um, religions like maybe santeria or what have you or you know ways that um, we've we've kind of mashed things up um there's still like common theme around it right um, and it comes back to what is kind of privileged as normal and acceptable and what is considered stigmatized. Um, and that still comes back to that paradigm between, you know, white supremacy and black folks being considered as like the unwashed masses. Um, so I think that's really, you know, important to point out. Um, also I'm I just I I'm very cautious to stand in judgment of folks that are operating from a place of of hegemony. Um, I think we can, if we're in a system, right, that only presents us with bad choices, I, in good conscience, cannot indict the person that is choosing between one of those bad choices. Even if they're doing that with all of the wisdom, all of the shrewdness, all of the knowledge that they have access to. Um, for me, based on my belief system, I have to greet that with compassion. Um, and in greeting that with compassion, then maybe offer a, a different lens for analysis um, to offer maybe different ways of looking at things. Um, because I, I just, I, I don't want to in any way trivialize the agency that folks have. Um, and I think that's one of the really deeply insidious things about like um, how white supremacy, specifically within the context of religion has weaponized that faith and belief, you know, in different missionary missions, et cetera, right? Like that is unspeakably cool. Um, and I think that's something that plays out like all the time. Um, but ultimately, to me, it's, I, I, I just, I, I don't want to paint someone who's being victimized by um, a really just, by, by a really, I would consider it evil um, interpretation of what other folks consider liberatory, right? Um, I think their liberatory, like theology, That's something that literally got the civil rights movement up and going, right? So I think there's power in that. I think there's power in folks saying, what I was presented as a container for spirituality was not enough. I've decided to create something better out of that. But for me, it's an evolution of that system, right? I think that's what liberatory theology sort of did within the Christian context. Um, so i I don't think I can make just one indictment on that. Um I think it's important to speak to kind of specific manifestations of it. Um, I, right, like I that, I think we just need to to give each other a little bit more grace and nuance because it is that complicated. It is that complicated. um and there are many ways where even, throughout history when Black folks were sort of pushed into a corner by someone trying to say, this is the way you should think because you're less than, we figured out different ways, even if it is within that same container. Um, and the last thing that I'll add is we're also speaking about patriarchy, which is directly connected to all Abrahamic faiths, right? Jewish, Christian, Muslim, etc. cetera right, Um, there's a through line with that. And so I think that is something that has to be interrogated, Um, not so much um, just looking at folks who unfortunately um, have gotten used to being in that bear trap because everything around them um, has presented them with these really horrible um, options. Um, And they, from a place of really, really good intention, have been ensnared by them um, for a number of different reasons, all of which were well-intentioned, right? Um, I think we really just have to, we have to to greet it like a little bit more carefully um, and in a way that upholds like the humanity of folks that um, are still Can be in many ways um, operating in a hegemonic system.
0: Thank you so much. Um, So, on uh, page 64, I want to read this. Just
5: before you do that, I'd like to chime in on um, my thoughts before and after. um, Yeah, so for me, uh, before the cross, I kind of had that. Before the reading this chapter, I really, I had that in my mind of um, understanding that because I grew up Muslim and um, understanding Christianity and walking into Christianity was something that I did as an adult. So I I came with my eyes extremely wide open and very like comparative. And I came to understand that there's there's no one religion to get to the most high. You can use any guidance system on this soul plane to basically understand your relationship with God that's because that's what Mm -hmm. it is it's an individual Mm -hmm. but um one thing that I that I never took to and I and I understood was not an issue but like a practice that I didn't necessarily believe that we should have been doing was the communion of the ingesting of the, the wine and um and then eating the bread and I just Symbolist, symbolist, symbolism-wise, ritualistic-wise, there was nothing that anybody could try to explain to me that would make me think that this is something I need to be doing because if that's what it looked like to me, it just looked like drinking blood and eating the body, and I just really, I just understood. I was like, I'm not, this one's not. I'm not doing this. Not for me. (laughs) So now, reading the chapter and reading it for full force and understanding that this is like a desensitization in, understa- in um embracing cannibalism. It's a glorification of cannibalism cannibalism and in, and um Dr. France Cresswell in having it in this book detailed in this way, it's just no one can argue with me at this point. I don't like I don't like what um Joelle was saying is extremely true. And it is very necessary that you have to give people their own agency and respect that and, and have nuances. But when it comes to same practices that yeah. when it comes you can have you can be a christian or inter- interpret christianity in your own way which is why there's like 30 different denominations because that's happened throughout everybody has their own forms of practices but the communion in particular i think is something that needs to be like stopped altogether or embraced and understood that this is a practice of cannibalism and it's not a righteous way to practice your religion and this has been fed its way in through here yeah, so the having having it written in full form like this was beautiful for me, and I also wanted to add um, I I learnt I learnt today that the word ethnic means un unholy heathen. Wow. What? I need some more context, but can you imagine the word ethnic, where we all have to describe ourselves? Who, if you are a person of color, means unholy heathen, which reminds me that we need to really take language and etymology is super important because we are spelling things into our lives and labeling ourselves things oh that um is messing us
4: up yeah that's yeah this is religion it is too because even with how you say you don't like communion if something like that is so etched in because that's a a big part of Christianity that is a big part of the religion that is Mm -hmm. a big part of um, being Catholic so for something to be that monumental and you break down the meanings or potential meanings or or of of what the symbolism can mean what else are they lying to you about you know so it can't it just it can't be trusted it just can't be trusted on any levels i don't care what you try to make it out and cut it up and well i'm just going to take the parts of the of the religion that i like and make it my own
6: scratch that
4: if you are melanating and you are black you need to be good back to your roots you need to get back to your ancestors and all of this and, All of this religion came from Kemet, came from Egypt, came from the pyramids. This is where they got this information from in order to twist it up and make all these subpar religions that are now they're using as tools and weapons against you. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday, but I'm not going to take communion. I'm just going to sing these, these songs. I don't know what they mean. And come on, no, oh, and this is, this is what she was saying. It's the, it's the ones that go undetected. The symbolism that are so persuasive, that it's so undetectable that you need somebody to kind of like, like a psychiatrist, this is their job to let you know, this is mentally ill. This is not correct. Somebody has to tell us and we have to be open enough to believe that this could be a possibility. The universe is infinite. So can't nobody tell me that anything is not possible. Everything in this universe is possible. That is a possibility. And I'm not gonna ignore it because of the history, because of what is being done, because of when I look around my environment and what I see. I have
1: a question for Joel. Um, is, it, is it not nuance, de- deconstructing this religion for our brothers and sisters, understanding what this religion means, and then relaying that information to our brothers and sisters. I feel like that's giving it nuance and if they're unwilling to receive the information then there, there, there's, no, there's no more grace that can be given we can't force a person. We have to consider those people just people who will not serve, our, serve their mission in this life or the purpose of ending and white supremacy. I would consider those people already dead, honestly, if people are unwilling to wake up, not even wake up, I hate using the word wake up, understand that they're being genocided and not wanna fight.
5: Just to add to that, um, in mm-hmm. the same chapter, she mentions that um, a dead nigger is a good nigger something that's a, a rhetoric of white supremacy
3: <laughs> yeah yeah um and and just quickly to to piggyback off of uh what mary said um there are st- like i mean just because like i'm a language person and i'm into that right like i really do feel like it's true like all of these societal ills and etc it all shows up in the language right um and so i'm even thinking of like there's a phrase um there are so many different phrases that, is, that are like related just to death, right? Um, just to be disparaging, right? Um, and specifically, I'm thinking of like, there's just uh, an ethnic group that's um, indigenous and they're on the coast of, of like um, Venezuela and Colombia and they're called maracuchos, right? Um, but they're still highly stigmatized. Some of them like visually would ID as Black if they were here. Um, And I only know this because it was an old, it was an old professor, um, but there's still a very derisive phrase that people say, like that a good maracucho is a dead maracucho, right? Same thing, right? Um, So I think one thing that I am profoundly just um, fascinated by and something that I want to do in my life's work is to like demystify um, the power of the mundane, the things that we do not, the things that we take for granted have so much more power than the things that we think, you know, um, call our attention. Um, and so I think that's that's really powerful. But to get back to, to, to what Swa was asking, um, you know, their awareness in and of itself does not directly connect to action right? There's a decision point when one becomes aware. And in that decision point, it is possible. Um, and it happens all the time where people become aware and they're like, well, I'm choosing that the decision that I'm going to make is to ignore it. Because as I'm doing the mental math, I feel like if I make a decision that is in line with this new information, I will have to change. I will have to give up A lot of what makes me feel safe and secure in this life. And that's too high a price. It's part of, you know, the set of decisions that we all have access to as humans. Um, And also it's, you know, we see that play out all the time with, say, you know, white folks that gaslight us during conversations, right? Um, So coming up against that decision point of awareness and you, right, as the black person in the conversation, like really, even sometimes surgically precise, breaking down exactly why whatever the hell they just said two sentences ago was absolutely mortifying on racial lines and was absolutely racist. And then the response you get is, wow, well, thank you. And nothing happens, right? The thank you is considered like a gift, just that they acknowledged that they were wrong and just that they left their ears open long enough to hear your explanation after they were gaslighting you. But it becomes gaslighting because, of course, at the decision point, the decision that they make is to ignore it and not repair the harm or what have you. I think it's important to speak to that that's an agency piece right um culture society etc just the way we through history have done it has always involved some measure of spirituality it has that's literally part of the human experience since day one
4: even science. even science, even science, you get to science, you can't. You when you get in, into science, there's you get to a certain point where it's like you have to bring in spirituality because nothing else can explain it. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that, we're that also, we're also saying that. science as this, like, oh, as as our modern interpretation oh. of science, but we also have like. Um,
0: can we make an effort to be? As concise as possible, please. Um, we need to stick on track with the book and um to be concise. So I'm saying be more
3: concise, please, everybody.
0: Joe, can you
1: unmute yourself?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, for me it just comes back to a place of agency. Um there is, you know, all black folks like all skin folk aren't kin folk, right? There's not everyone that we're going to want to be in community with or are going to want to be in community um, with us. And for me, that's what it just comes back down to. Awareness is amazing. But if that awareness does not turn into action, when I was bringing awareness because of something that harms me, I don't want to be in community. And for me, that's the end all be all with kind of the conversations about Sort of religion and how it's weaponized.
0: So um, Well, both of you guys, everyone's making very valid statements. Um, so last year, I learned about how in China they are um, methodically, strategically finding Christians and putting them in jail, um, killing uh, practicing Christians. And now that I have this book, oh, it's, it's very easy for me to simplify. They're just killing white supremacy. They're just they're killing it quite literally and um christianity is now illegal in china um i don't have enough information to know why it's illegal but um just just something to um, be aware of and feel free to do my research if this catches your interest but they are killing
5: the
0: idea of christian
5: because what I'm aware of right now is that um, Chinese people are killing Muslims as well. So maybe th- they're done with Christianity and now they're moving on. Trying to- I mean, re- It's, to
0: it's a hydra, right? It's a- Sorry, Mary, let me cut you off. Continue, please.
5: No, I was just, think, I was just thinking maybe they're cutting off anything that doesn't um, encourage um, Chinese nationalism or Chinese culture.
0: I agree. Um, so- but what are-,
6: are Chinese people? Are they Hindus? Because most of them, they symbolize this sort of goddess symbol, this idol that has a big belly. I think, sorry, Buddha. Buddha. What are they? Buddha. <laughs> that's it. So they're Buddhism. 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 I,
0: mean, I don't think we can. I don't think we can answer that question because everyone's a different religion. Not yeah, everything. yeah. It must have different, lots of
6: religions,
5: yeah. and apparently, there's more Chinese Muslims than there are. Um, arabic muslims based on population
2: so there you go yeah china is predominantly buddhist
0: okay thanks ben um so on page let's get regrounded in our wonderful ancestor dr francis krespelsen on page 64 Uh, and this is gonna this is everyone in this group has um spoke on this so this is gonna uplift and validate through um, her writing, everyone, everything that people have said has been myself, Joel, Mary, Swa, uh, Celia, and um, Isola. So I submit that the cross, as an as an important and provocative symbol, in the white supremacy system slash culture, is none other than a brain computer desolate. Of white collectives, of the white collectives' fear-induced obsession with the genitalia of all non-white men, black men in partic- particular, who have the potential to genetically annihilate the white race. Furthermore, the cross represents the black male genitalia removed from the black male's body, meaning castrated genitalia. Genitalia, genitals. Thus, the cross is a critical symbol and the thought processes of the white supremacy symbol system beginning and its evolution almost 2000 years ago during early white aggression against blacks in Africa and Asia. This particular interpretation of the cross has never been given before. So basically, yeah. She's just saying that. Um, well, I'm not gonna say what she's saying, but I I agree with this statement that um, this is a a system that um, I mean, yeah, sorry, a uh, symbol that is used to oppress and control. And I want to go back to something that Swa said, how Black people use Christianity Christianity to kind of coddle their suffering, like they suffer in prayer, suffer. But to me, it's the same thing as suffering and silence. Uh, for example, I know a person who has been homeless for quite some time now, and they, whenever I talk to them about their their situation, they will say, "I'm I'm waiting for um Jesus to help me, or Jesus is going to help me eventually. she's going to give them a house eventually." And um, it's just not it's not true, it's not realistic, and um, it it, it definitely makes people complacent in their suffering, and also it, it kind of like. Um, capacitates them. I, mean, I hope I'm saying the, the word correctly. Capacitate and capacitates them. It just it just leaves people hopeless. Um, well, I'm sorry. It gives people false hope. You know, to me, hope is not an actionable word. It's not a verb. Hope is just this abstract thing that we have in our minds. Um, reading is actionable because when you read, you learn, and when you learn, you either have like what Joel said. You have to make a choice. And uh, if you are, you know, if you care about your soul and you care about planet Earth, you shouldn't be making decisions to shed the European programming, the white programming, the white supremacist programming. Uh, if you choose otherwise, when the system is dismantled, you may be thrown in the trash as well. And um, that's that's like to me logical uh, because we need to we need to really replace the system with justice. And we're going to have to have people who believe in justice. And when I say justice, I mean a society where everyone receives help and those who receive the most help receive the most help. You know, everyone every, everyone gets help. That's it. Because um, once the system is dismantled, a lot of people are going to need therapy and counseling and, like, like the whole world's going to be different. And people are going to need a lot of help. And the help should be free and the help should not be a burden to those who need it, nor should be a burden to those who are giving it. Um, but yeah, I really love that definition of um, not some definition, but I really love the what I just read about her submitting the cross as an important, provocative system and maintaining and refining racism and supremacy. Um, is there anything? Is there anything from the book that uh, people want to? Regurgitate and bring into the forefront of our dialogue right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I want to read this from page sixty-six. Um, and contextualize it. After black men were lynched and castrated, they were often burned. Therefore, reinforcing the interpretation that the cross symbolically is tied to the black man's genitalia and that the burning cross is the burning black male and his genitalia. When the black male genitalia with the dominant black genes are burned, cut off or otherwise destroyed, white genetic survival is assured. So at the um, end of this Christian religion that our um, fellow victims of white supremacy, fellow prisoners of war are participating in is 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 their literal own genocide and i think that's the important thing to to understand maybe even emphasize if we find ourselves in a position where we're allowed to like you know talk about white supremacy because we shouldn't even even be seeking out religious people to talk to this about because that's not going to solve the problem we have to be guided some way shape or form to the information but yeah I think it's really important to understand. I like this real. This Christianity, this this cross signifies black death, and black death equals white survival.
0: Also, um, Ben, you brought up the exorcist bit. I want to um, read that part and also give um, some more context to that. All right. Um, If my interpretation of the cross is correct, that in the white male psyche, it represents the black male genitalia in the context of the global white supremacy system, then it is possible to understand the portrayal of the white female in the popular book and the film, The Exorcist. Here, the female used the cross to masturbate herself when she was possessed by the devil, i.e. the black monster. This symbolic portrayal emerged during the time period in which increasing numbers of white females were selecting black males as mates or more correctly stated white females began sexually aggressing against socially powerlessly powerless black males to gain possession of the black phallus so this is really deep for a number of reasons because one she's talking about mass media culture which is a major tool and sustaining racism white supremacy. When I say mass media culture, I'm talking about books, televisions, film, music, poetry, philosophy, all the things and the arts that are, you know, that we consume uh, visually and do um, audio. So whenever you see a film or watch a TV show or a film, um, just 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 know that even if it's not clear or obvious the bad person or the entity that is causing harm to the main character is supposed to be a Black person or represents Blackness itself. Um, So there's a really amazing book called Color Monitors, but um, it goes into detail a lot about that. um, Whenever you're watching like like The Terminator, for example, uh, even though it's a white man, uh, he has an exoskeleton, he portrays like blackness, black people, destroying whiteness, getting rid of whiteness. And whenever you see technology in film, whenever technology goes bad, that is white, that is um, black people, that is a blackness. So for example, the show Black Mirror, that whole show is about technology turning on white people. Like technology is supposed to serve uh, white people, it's supposed to serve all people, supposedly. So. It goes all the way back to anti-bellum slavery when the first technology was black bodies. That was the first technology that white people actually, you know, quote unquote, um, I can't say created because they didn't create black people, but they definitely um, used black people by technology. And during when, when slavery ended, white people perceived that as black people were turning on them. So whenever you see a technology, whenever you see a monster in film, it's supposed to be a black person. And I'm so glad that she mentioned that um, this white woman being possessed by the devil represented symbolically the black man, a black man, you know? I hope I made sense when I was um, talking about that. Um,
3: Yeah, Yeah, I just tossed a picture into the chat um, and it, there, if we're if we're talking about um, if we're talking about iconography, um, th- and so this is this is my critique of of Kressling's context, right? Because I feel like her historical context to go far back enough, right? Um, because Ooh. there is actually writing. Um, You know, there is literature and there's discussion that shows how um, even back to like horror films at the beginning of film being a thing, um, they created these images that demonized Black people, usually using the zombie trope, right? So also demonizing, um, you know, Black male figures um, and in a sideways um, way, trying to delegitimize right um, religion coming out of Haiti, um, but they also, you know, it continues on to this day, right? Um, even on the cover of Vogue, right? Because um, once this once the the message of the symbol is set, then you can invoke that message time and time again um, by just showing maybe even the shadow of that symbol, right? Um, and folks have been calling this out because like even this Vogue cover, this Vogue cover happened like probably I don't know, like maybe ten years ago now or something, right? Um, but it's important to put them side to side so we see exactly what's going on because it was it was black folks and folks that you know are. Um, understand the evils of white supremacy that calls attention to this um, even so that it could be a discussion.
4: Who is this
3: white lady? I don't know her. Um, it doesn't, I don't know her name. Um, she's actually um, she's a sports commentator. Um, yeah, she, she's a sports commentator on, I, I want to say like ESPN or something. But um, what they I say- were, was LeBron James as King Kong and her as the white damsel in distress. Yeah. Can, um, I,
6: can I say something?
0: Of course.
6: Uh, um, I wanted to know what are your views on um, the movie Get Out? Because I believe that there's a lot of films that have subliminal messages. And you see like in America, like a lot of black people do, like they go missing. to the fact that according to what according to my understanding like a lot of white people do tend to use black people's organs in order to obviously for their own health or for their own benefits so obviously watching gal it just it just kind of traumatized me and just i was just
0: like wow yeah before i on yeah, before I answer, I mean, before anyone answers, um, let me just read this part because it kind of ties in to a little bit about Get Out and what people are going to say. Uh, so, on page 65. Um, so, to me, what I'm about to read is all about how symbols lead to projection, and then projection leads to actual action, and then action leads to Black people dying, going missing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, the use of the cross as a symbol as a symbolic object in the white female manner in, in the white female masturbation also occurred when large numbers of white females were actively fantasizing about being raped by black males and were establishing organizations societies to prevent it. This was a reaction for to their own, un- own unconscious desires. The white female's preoccupation preoccupation with writing books on being raped Also occurred during this time period, Um, and the the culture—the historic symbol—the rapist of white of the rape of white females is the black male. The white female, until recently, has been held back in her sexual desires of the black male by white male. Since so white female liberation has been granted to white women in small measure, the white female finds herself unable to own desires and aggressions in check. Still, she is unable to admit these desires, aggressions. Sorry, still, she is unable to admit these desires and aggressions consciously. So back to your question, Isola, um, I, I I love Get Out. It's one of my favorite films. Um, I love it for a number of reasons because of how honest it tries to be. Um, But I do believe that, uh, in short, Get Out is a film that symbolizes white people wanting to be black people because black people, because they perceive black people as having superior genetics. And um, it is a film that want and that need being fulfilled through science, which is like, I want to say through white science, because um, a lot of um, people don't understand or know that without Black women, we wouldn't have gynecology like at all. Um, black women were the first people to be tested with um, the tools that they used for gynecology. Uh, and these yeah. were women who were, uh, quote unquote, captives, uh, women during slavery. And they receive these um, surgical procedures without any anesthetic, without any medicine. So um, every, to me, every single white should Sorry be thinking about working. This is, let's try to sure. let people before we before we talk over them. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of um, white women should be thinking a black women for having operated for having, like vaginas that work properly. And that I sustained because it wouldn't be possible without black women who were tortured and mutilated for the sake of uh, science. Um, but yeah, please chime in. Uh, yeah.
6: Sorry, my connection is so poor. So like I, you're poor, when you pause, I kind of think that you've finished speaking, sorry. Um, and yeah, th- the reason why they did that is because they believe that black women are, they're not susceptible, sub, what's the word, susceptible to pain. They believe that black women don't feel pain. So I feel like, yeah, I just wanted to piggyback off what you were saying in regards to, yeah, they basically used us as guinea pigs. Um, yeah, because I believe that we don't go through pain kind of thing. But yeah.
0: They you want to share their thoughts um, or can we, or should we move on? I- she proposed a question. I answered. Um, feel free to answer.
5: Yeah, just to add to what to what you said so far. Not only um, a black woman being tested and used up like up to now um, mm-hmm. in in the UK, uh, so over fifty percent of black women's wounds are are taken out in hysterectomies, and. Um, and I from first-hand experience have communicated with some of these women who didn't need to get hystere- hysterectomies so that just lets me know that this this testing is still going on today at a, at yep. a very high rate and um, people are yeah you have to really take care and know your body because white science still will deceive and lie to you so that they can get the end product which is a black womb to continue their genetic testing and uh, advancement of themselves and race and um, what you are saying in terms of get out traumatizing you, yes, on that, it can definitely, trump, it definitely is traumatizing for a lot of us watching it um, on the level of the fact that we are being human, tra- human trafficking is extremely high and black organs, of course, due to um, health, due to um, vitality, due to um, robustness, we're, we're n- number one in the market. In a sense, if it, healthy, healthy lungs are not, they'll, probably think that the genetic um what's the word when something can regenerate itself in a sense uh, our bone marrows are highly important um in society as well so yeah protection of our of young kin is for not just for the reason of rapists going this is literally for um genetic survival Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um so when i contextualize get out it, it's it's a direct um like representation and projection, and it's about um, cannibalism. It's about the consuming of um black people and black energy. Um, the last book um, the book club read was um, called The Delectable Negro, which is about how like throughout slavery, black people were literally being cooked in like ovens mm-hmm. and like over billow fires and like just really just being ate by um their um slave masters and by uh, and, and not only being cannibalized in that way, but like through their um, forced labor and through rape and through um, various other ways um, of torture. Those, those are our forms of, um, of cannibalism, spiritual cannibalism, so on and so forth. So Get Out, we see like um, that their bodies are literally being taken over by white people. So that's like, a, it's a real like interesting movie. Um, but its I don't think it was that deep. I don't think it, it was, um, it could have been much more like constructive when addressing mm-hmm. white supremacy. Uh, but it does a good job okay. of showing us that the the woman, the white woman is equally bad, is equally a, perp- a perpetrator of white supremacy because often they go under the radar. Um, I think it's very important to understand that white supremacy is maintained mm-hmm. by woman and male collectively, not just the males, just so I think that it's constructive on that part. Understanding that um, Jordan Peele is with a um, white woman, I'm able to understand his um, his movies more as well. So oh.
3: yeah, and I just want to toss in the fact that um, eugenics, right, is part of this conversation. Um, and also, there's something that's happening here in the U.S. where they are subjecting um, women that are being imprisoned by ICE, which is the Customs and Border—it's um, it's basically Customs and Border Protection—where um, they place people under custody if um, they say that they have not that they have a iffy migratory status. Um, they're subjecting um, black and brown women to hysterectomies. Um, that are not, that are unfounded by science. Um, And it was a black nurse. It was a black nurse that literally, she's really putting her life on the line by being a whistleblower and she's been on the news um, because she directly interacted with these folks um, and um, she was like, this doesn't make any sense. There's no medical reason for it. But this is one of the ways that like white supremacy weaponizes medicine. Um and especially in this case, right, it would be an example of massage noir. Um but that's you know that's a form of genocide really. Um so it's, it's so important to just to just speak to that. It's still going on. It's still going on.
0: Um thanks so much Joe for sharing that. Um so I'm on the <laughs> continue with this passage unless anyone else wanted to um, provide information to Isila about Get Out. Ben, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts if you have seen Get Out.
1: Um, also, I could add that um, in, in the, like, the prison industrial complex, there's a life for a life program that they have to really allow um, Prisoners who are about to get executed to um, donate their their organs and in, in exchange for, like, you know, prolonged life and death row, which is just another whole another manifestation of how our um, bodies are used after we die and given to white people, as in Delectable Negro, where our bodies are being ate, consumed, sold to medical labs to be experimented on, sold to hospitals, sold to schools. So it's just gonna think about
2: I, I, I'll just chime in just to, briefly on in order for a person to feel that strongly about you as a black person it requires love <laughs> I know that's kind of paradoxical but
0: well, I, I get I get totally what you're saying because I, I know the origin of white people so yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. you know they have in order for anyone to hate you so vehemently they have to have ha- have loved you they love you. just just picture this just imagine the reason why I got this the, the, where this came from is just imagine 250 years you have these women that belong to you you own them you own their bodies they have to do anything you say. And the and, uh, Emancipation Proclamation hits, and they're gone. All of a sudden, they just abandoned. And this, these women oftentimes would suckle these babies and raise them, more so than their own mothers. They had very strong bonds and ties with these white kids, these Black so-called mammies. And she mentioned calling um, white caretakers nannies and black caretakers mammies and these so-called mammies uh were more more of a parent to these to these white kids than their own parents so when they when they left when they abandoned them it's almost likened to that of a relationship where you're madly in love with someone and they just leave you you want to kill them <laughs> you know you're highly, highly indignant about that. Um, and so because they're so, so completely dependent, I mean, it, love is not even a, a strong enough word. It's like total extreme love and, and dependence on something that you can't have. And you will never have it. You You, you can never be that. You can never have it. All you can do is imagine and fantasize about it. And so since I can't have it, I want to destroy it.
1: Uh, it could be, I think it's a, a, a fear.
0: What
1: do you want to uh, say? I something you to say? I think it's a, it's a fear thing. I don't know. Um, I don't think. Uh, fear i think it's mostly fear it could be love but i think it's fear doesn't Um, that
5: have some form of connection with the first chapter where they talked about um and, and understanding where white people come from um the fact that we they are like our genetic offspring they do they would have that love hate relationship because it's almost like you abandoned us and now look what's come of us like is it our response like that it ties into to that. I agree.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, so on page sixty-six, um, so we've been talking about how the the cross, um, the symbol, has allowed. Oh, we lost um, Salil. What happened? Is she coming back?
5: No, she had said that she had to go, and she'll be with us in movie night. She did put the uh, put it in
0: chat. Oh, okay, Sorry, I didn't read it. Um, so, so we we talking about how this cross has allowed. Um, white supremacists to basically rule the entire world, but most well not not most of it, all of it, because a lot of it is under his control. And um, I think this quote is so important because so Constant uh, Constantine the First, um, the Great, the Roman Emperor, ruled three hundred six to three hundred thirty seven A.D. He built Constantinople and made Christian worship lawful in the beginnings of the white supremacy system. Had the following words placed on the cross In hoc signo vincis, meaning in this sign you will conquer. Indeed, by controlling the black, non white male genital, which the cross symbolizes, whites have conquered blacks and the entire non-white world majority. Currently the majority currently the majority membership of the Christian churches is non-white and are all held in control under the sign of the cross. The authority is maintained by whites under white supremacy, white purity, and white survival. More recently, the theory of the white supremacy dynamic was, ex- was expressed in the form of Nazism. The dominant symbol used by the group in the white supremacy system was and is the black swastika. The central element of the swastika is the cross. A spinning or rolling cross, the cross in motion, gives a visual illusion of the swastika. Hitler and the Nazi Nazi movement's central theme was white racial genetic purity and the elimination of all persons classified as non-whites i.e. Semites and Gypsies who were viewed as having Black genetic heritage from Africa and were, who were considered genetically dominant to the Aryans whites. The symbol of the swastika, the cross in motion spurred the whites on an arm to destroy those who were classified as genetically dominant to non-whites. So even, even in the rhetoric that they use man worshiping the cross they say they, they they message to each other hey in this in this cross you will conquer and that's what they basically did and a lot of people don't um talk about how when constantine was getting um christianity um he was getting to get to be like mandated by the law there was um what was it? What is the called, I called, But there is a um, long war where people are being killed in the in the in the um, pursuit of Christianity. Well, a, a lot of those people were black people. They were Africans. These black people were being slaughtered, and then they make all these movies about it, and you see these white people being killed in the name of the Christ. And history. Um, yes, I'm stop there actually because I don't really know what, what it was, what it's called for guys It's escaping me. Um, but there was a time during um, like the beginning of this whole Constantinople and Constantine. I uh, forgot what it's called. So I'm not going to like talk about things. I'm not really having information. The
5: Crusades?
0: Definitely. It's the Crusades. A lot of people don't know that the Crusades were uh, basically just an advanced brutal slang of so lots and lots of Black people. So every movie you see about the crusades, um, and I know there's a ton, Mom loves them. Um, I don't know any of the names but at the moment, but I know there's one that stars Orlando Bloom. Bloom. What's the name of that movie? Does anyone know?
1: Uh, is it Kingdom of Heaven?
0: Yes, yeah, the Kingdom of Heaven. In that movie, you see these people like fighting each other and dying for Christianity, but all the people, there's not a Black person in the movie at all. But Black people were the main people getting killed in the name of the cross. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. Um, and also within Christianity, there are so many poems and songs that like regurgitate the knowledge that to be white is to be pure and to be Black is to be a heathen, to be of color is to be a heathen. Um, and there's this song that she references and the chorus goes, oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fun I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Scary stuff, honestly. And um, there's also a a battle one. So when white people saw the First of all, Jesus was not white. He was a black person. Um, and he was basically whitewashed in this new re- reiteration of the Bible. And what they did was they took a black man with uh, like, you know, woolen hair and replaced him with a white, frail, skinny, blonde hair, blue-eyed um, person. And they put him on a cross. And what this did was it, Evoked so much emotion and energy within the white collective that they knew, like, consciously or subconsciously, what they needed to do. And what they needed to do was, like, you know, lead wars, conquer, colonize, take over, control, 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 control. And um, there's this really interesting uh, um, poem that she um, puts in the book. And it's called Onward, Christian uh, Soldier. And um, I want to read some of it. Onward, Christian Soldier, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, our loyal master, leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners glow. Chorus. Onward, Christian Soldier, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. who? First of all, the flow is anyone who's not white, by the way. The flow is the um, black person, the melanated person. Um, but there's, there's, there's so much to break down. I would love some uh, small people to try, man, talk about parts of the book that you enjoyed. Um, recycle the information. Um, that's the point of these discussions is to make sure we are understanding understanding learning
3: yeah so i think the first thing that's that stands out to me is just um the the way that she's theorizing like nazis using the swastika um That seems like a personal theory of hers, but it just doesn't seem like one that's connected to history. Um, There's been a lot of documentation that the inspiration with that is connected to Aryan mythology, because the swastika symbol itself comes from Hinduism, but they turned it on its side um, as sort of a perversion of that, um, because you can still see the proper symbol in its original context in, A lot of places where Hinduism is like the dominant religion, especially like in iconography in India. Um, So that's, that that's one thing that that stuck out to me. Um, But aside from that, just the invention of whiteness right the invention of whiteness and using that to superimpose that on history. um, has been a constant constant thing. Um, You know, we know now that All of these different statues, right, um, that are, say, part of the Renaissance or what have you, um, they're marble, right, but none of them were ever white. They were all painted, the paint chipped off. Folks that are in classics have revived that conversation to show what the reality of it was um, because Europeanists didn't exactly exist as a cohesive thing um, back when these statues were being made um, and whiteness um, as an ideology hadn't exactly been created in the way that we know it now. Um, these were a lot, especially around the Mediterranean, you know, North Africa, Middle East, what have you, um, it was still extremely diverse, even going all the way up to Hadrian's Wall um, in England as well, right? But the mythology Necessary to create white supremacy has to create whiteness, right? It has to repurpose reality in a way that will um, somehow make it seem as though it's legitimate.
5: upsetting their emotions, you could be that that's and that that level of control is something that needs to be um, debunked highly and this symbolism really helps in understanding that and you um, yeah, breaking down like um, the white as snow, um, black male, all these all these um, negative connotations in the English language for for black and all this positive um, um, positive affirmations for for whiteness or just a little white lie, just all of these things need to, it's it's, it's happening, constantly using the terminology white supremacy, not constantly but more adding it into my vernacular in my everyday speech is really helping in a sense. At first it was really hard to adjust that mentality and start using that term white supremacy but it's adding more to the violence now because I just guess I wasn't used to hearing anything white and it feeling violent, but my experience is is adding to it. And and my experience is fueling that on a a very wide scale. And I see the word white supremacy being sounding as violent as it actually is very soon.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people who like have, uh, who don't want to use white supremacy because they feel like it gives uh, like whiteness like a, a supreme position. And so some people use um, white dominators, which is like the same, it's like the same, um, you know, thing. And I want to contextualize this part of the book because we haven't mentioned like, um, like food yet, and like how how that plays out to the symbolism. What well, we did, we mentioned communion, but um, yeah, this is on page seventy-seven, and um, it goes, and an article entitled "The Sweet Taste of Sin." More, um, Morin Boros quotes food critic Gail Green. I have always thought a good chocolate mousse is, um, okay, um afro, oh, my bad. I want to start over. I have always thought a good chocolate mousse is an aphrodisiac. The more intense the taste of chocolate, the more erotic the spell. He continues, some chocolate musée lovers go even further it's not a food it's a concept says one indulgent male it's like illicit sex it's so good but fattening it gives you pimples it's a it's a sin uh, i'm gonna uh, um skip a little a dark brown food named namely chocolate causes such Orgasm, like ecstasy, and is associated with erotic- eroticism when orally ingested. So I just wanted to read that and then mention like one of the like greatest individual manifestations of um, not the greatest, one of the most vile evidence um, of um, white supremacy, which is um, Jeffrey Dahmer, which is a um, a white male who um, effeminized black and non-white people. He uh, worked in a chocolate factory. He um, he just checks all the, the lists of what white supremacy does, and the end result is to kill, is destruction. So um, whenever uh, people mention like cannibalism or that like non-white people are the savages and they're the cannibals, just name drop Jeffrey Dahmer. Who was like the biggest you know manifestation of white supremacy you know and now they're making a show about this this man ryan murphy's making a show netflix is doing a show about them which is just like a huge indicator of um the obsession and he's basically one of their heroes because he's like he got to do what a lot of them fantasize about doing probably and um yeah and what he what he wanted to do he was trying to make like zombie slaves that he could just fulfill all his like um desires with that was that's what he was trying to do but um just the whole fact that they're making a show about him glorifying this reminds me of the book trey's reading of how like white like the characters they present us with are their true nature are are their character this is them this is like this is what they believe in this is what they like and this is I, don't know, I can't justify any other um, reason of um producing a show based off Jeffy Dahmer. There's already so much content surrounding this man and now they're doing a whole new show. So anyone wanna comment on that? Feel free.
3: Yeah. Um I actually was just talking to um a friend about that last night and I'm I'm really upset that they're doing that. Um because it just um it's it's mortifying right it's it's really 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 mortifying um the vast majority of his um victims were um were black men um and it, it's deeply deeply insidious um especially given the fact that um folks like um him are still very much around right ed buck um was someone in LA who just um, as recent as last year, was um, taken into custody after the second um, black gay man um, ended up dead um, at his house because he had a very, he has a reputation for um, for luring vulnerable um, black queer men, Um, mostly that like to use meth, um, and drugging them for his like sadistic and and sexual pleasure. Um, so it just, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, I'm just really, really pissed that Ryan Murphy is doing that anyway. Um, and I think Janet Mock is attached to it, which I really deeply dislike because, um, I'm a huge fan of what Janet Mock does um so far um and i think that she as a a black um trans woman is just probably going to be used as um some sort of a smoke screen um for what is really just um making the profit off of trying to humanize um yet another like white murderer um which is um an ongoing trend um and it's just it's yeah, I just I, I don't see any good coming from it. And I think it's easily re traumatizing um, to any of us that are in any way connected to the men that he victimized. Um, he doesn't deserve this platform and I'm deeply pissed off at Ryan Murphy. Um, and yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not good. It's not yeah. good.
1: Um, I understand Ryan Murphy. His, his his collective work, as I've learned about white supremacy, is just a whole maintenance of white supremacy. It's all violent. It's all grotesque, and it's all made of such like a uh, I don't know. it's just like I don't want to spend so much time talking about the entertainment area of people activity, but it's really important. Everything he says is very important, and um, I want to add that the the victims of like. You know, Dahmer's relatives—probably are probably, some of them are like alive and well—and they're seeing this, um, this white supremacist murderer being, um, you know, celebrated. And then he's gonna have like—I'm sure they're gonna have merchandise tied to this, and it's gonna like—it's gonna be well received, I'm sure. But I, um, I wanted to say that um, this is why, like, the whole celebrity—all these people are just, you know, made to. Re, just re reinforce and refine white supremacy there, there's nothing that's going to be put in our face most of the time that will be constructive that's why I, I've like grown to to not care about any celebrity or, or their or their work unless I see it to be of constructive value and just because I could decode it' be and, and understand it as wow this is why this is racist that's not being constructive that's me making the activity constructive of consuming it. What's constructive was me like watching a movie that's actually like, like The Stupid Set by the Door, that's a very constructive movie to watch. The Battle of Algiers, very constructive content to watch. But to consume stuff like, um, um, what's that shit called? The American Horror Story, it, Ryan Murphy's work, um, Tim Burton's work, they are refined and maintained white supremacy, full of like, you know, white just full of negative symbolism
3: um yeah yeah it's crazy um all right i have to log off but thank you um thanks for
1: hanging hanging with us really appreciate it
3: all right see you next week
1: all right it's just going to be the next two chapters joe for next week
3: okay got it
1: Appreciate the energy, appreciate the energy.
5: Uh. Train- oh, we're waiting for, um, Yes, yeah, we're waiting for the internet connection and for um, our mobile devices to charge, so we're able to jump back online. Oh, man.
2: Did I miss? Did I miss anyone? Did you already cover death of Jesus, offering eternal life for the albino?
1: Oh no, um, did I miss that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we, yeah. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but you could um, you want to share your your thoughts on it?
2: Just just that in Christianity, or even they have it even they have it uh, twisted. Uh, So truly spiritually connected people understand that God is always present, never happened. You don't have to call on God, kumbaya, that crap, come by here. We're always 100% connected 100% of the time. And it's just a matter of us being consciously aware of being connected to all intelligence, all beauty, all creativity, everything that is in existence. Um, And by, by, by being consciously aware of our Connection with eternity and, and You know, infinity, you can look up in the sky and see the stars and the ocean and nature. And be connected with your creator that way, and so the closer you are connected to nature, right, and the actual foundation and the core of nature is the black soil, the black earth, the black carbon atom, and so and so the scientists and the, and and they they. I, you know, I would contend, I I would contend that they know, that they knew about that. And they knew that the only way to obtain eternal life and the, better yet, the closer, the darker your hue is, the darker your complexion is, the closer you are to eternity, to eternal life, the blackness of space. Right. That, that that that's it's up to us to become to realize and become consciously aware that we are actually if God is the sun, we're a sun being. If God is the ocean, we're a wave in the ocean. We're actually one with this this power, this this eternal. Uh, source of life. And it's so profound. That, that you know when i read that it just gave me chills it, you, you know because i think that is the concern with everybody every you, you know especially white folk is their fear of death their you know the fear of death and so, and so you know in order to i just love that i i, I happen to believe that they knew that and they, they actually. Distorted the symbol of, of you know God, Jesus sacrificing Himself for everyone else to have eternal life through forgiveness. So you mean you're gonna enslave me, you're gonna torture me, you're gonna rape my my the, the, the rape everybody, the men and women and children and everybody, all of these, all this torture, and then hand me a book to say that the only way that you can be happy, the only way that you can have life is if you forgive me. <laughs> right? Through forgiveness. So not and I understand, I understand that forgiveness is for me. I forgive you for my own peace, for my own peace of my for my own uh, peace uh, and serenity, right? But that's a deeper level of spiritual understanding on the surface. I'm forgiving you, and in, 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 in fact, and in reality, I'm actually giving you uh, the, the the okay of the abuse. By forgiving you, you know, you start, okay, that's okay, I forgive you. So that's actually giving the perpetrator the go-ahead to continue their behavior. People don't look at that forgiveness as on a deeper spiritual level for themselves. Not it, not, not in mass, not the vast majority of people. Psychologically when you forgive, you gave them a pass. And that's the same. That's just, you know, for, you know, forgiveness, asking for forgiveness is not a word. You know, I'm sorry. Doesn't mean nothing. Doesn't mean anything. It's your actions that determine your apology, not the words. And so, wow, when I read that, you know, that different idea that by, and you mentioned that there wasn't just Jesus, it was a whole string of black folks up there getting crucified. I never heard that one. That was profound. And uh, by, by eliminating, Black people, you're in giving yourself the opportunity for white folks to live on forever. That That's, I'm, I'm buzzing from that. I'm, bu- I'm buzzing from that. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, it's that deep. It's really like, that at the end of the day, Christianity is Black death, the spilling of Black bu- blood for the continuation of white survival, for white survival, for white genetic survival.
0: Um, definitely true. Um uh I, I was thinking about if there's one more symbol we need to talk about before we can adjourn, and that is the Christ mystery or Christmas tree. And I'm just gonna go ahead and um read from the book. Um huh. Likewise, it's on page uh sixty-seven stars on page seventy-five. Um, likewise, the symbolism and the major holidays of the Christian religion is supportive of my interpretations. At Christmas, the tree is one of the most important symbols. The Christmas tree is, in its abstracted form, a cross. The symbol of the black male genital. first first the Christmas tree is chopped down in the forest then it is taken in the home In the U.S. when the Christmas tree is decorated color balls are hung from the are hung on the tree when a Christmas tree is taken down sorry when the tree is taken down and burned the balls are the first taken off then all can dream of a white Christmas and a surviving white Christ. This is just further reiterating what you and Baswa and Ben has said. Similarly, in Europe, small white wax candles were placed on the Christmas tree. And the in the Catholic religion, the Christmas tree is said to present to represent the tree of the cross, while the wax candles are thought to represent the body of Christ. Thus again, we have the symbol of the white, weak, melting Christ hung on the symbol of Black male genitalia. At the Easter holiday in the US, it is traditional to have colored eggs, colored jelly beans, and a chocolate ra- and a chocolate rabbit and eggs in the and an Easter basket. These colored items are eaten. The, the white albino bunny that sits amongst the colored eggs, as thought as though he laid them, uh, generally is not eaten. By ingesting the colored items, the sin of being without color is symbolically removed. Being born again whole has been achieved through symbols. And this goes back to like um, every, every uh, religion underneath the white supremacist uh, system and culture has these little symbolic projections. And um, I'm just gonna go ahead and continue reading because I wanna just cover everything that I have noted to cover with, y- with y'all. Other important holidays in the white supremacy culture further reveal the intricate workings of this symbolism. On both St. Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, the white male gives, gives some chocolate candy with nuts. In the first instance, he gives it to his sweetheart and in the second to his mother. If his sweetheart ingests chocolate with nuts, the white male can fantasize that he is genetically equal to the black male. And if his mother had ingested chocolate with nuts, he would not have to, he would not have to worry about white genetic annihilation as he would have been colored and then could be an annihilator of white jeans like the fear and envy black male. Both the Valentine's shape and chocolate candy have, some, have a symbolic meaning, not previously recognized, examined nor understood by Western culture investigators. However, once the unified field of the Russian culture dynamic, behavior dynamic is set forth, it will be seen that these fragments of symbolism take a um, take on a brilliant clarity. Um, so if how are y'all feeling about adjourning? If you guys are ready to adjourn, there's one more thing I need to read. Um, but I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, please let me know if any of you you want to share before I read this last quote.
5: I just wanted to comment on um, what you said, but in reading the last quote, is it encapsulated in, in with with Saint Valentine, the sharing of the chocolates, the Easter eggs? Is it is it still relating to that? Because might tie in.
0: Uh yep yep it's uh yep but it's still to all really that
5: okay so when you when you after you read I'll call all right
0: this is something I wanted to join with I think really important um thank you thank you to everyone who's still in the in the call by the way um as long as the black non-white collective consciously and slash or unconsciously accepts a powerful and dynamic symbolism of black male frustration, they will never, they never will be self-group respecting and forever will remain mentally ill. Mentally ill people, persons who do not respect themselves and have self-group negating patterns of logic, thought, speech, action, emotional response and perceptions never can liberate themselves from their oppressors. Black psychiatrists have the responsibility of clarifying for Black people all aspects of the oppressive dynamic of white genetic survival. This includes exposing and decoding all of that power system's major symbolism. That's a powerful statement you just read. Very powerful.
5: Highly necessary there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the question that, from what the chapters that you've read, from the extracts that you've read so far, the question that comes to my mind is, of course, going to create certain practices and count racist, um, cultural games that we can play, like, like hiding of the Easter eggs and stuff. Like, I, my question is, um, we, it's not. I wouldn't say it's too late to form a new religion but my question is how do we um unify and collectively start creating these new tra- creating new traditions that debunk what we're hearing because it's enough to sharing this information for people is is beautiful but this is something that somebody had mentioned about the power of the church is the community that it builds around it as well and people leaning on that community for as a source of food as a source of activities as a source of um, communion, time, time place, spending of time, and I'm. And my question is, in what ways can we basically pull together and create these kind of practical games that debunk the this, these ideologies? Uh, can I just
2: make um, a comment right quick? In order for us to even begin to get into the solution uh, instead of continuing to practice this conditioning of capitalism. In other words, what my predominant thought process being, what am I getting out of the deal and what's being done to me? We cannot approach this as victims, first of all, even though we're victims, but we cannot internalize the victim mentality woe is me look what you did to me look wh- so so part of the the, the the fight back part of the pushback is what are my skills talents and abilities what do i have what am i what are the gifts that i have and what talents and skills do i have and How will I share that? How do I empower my brothers and sisters with my skills, talents, and abilities? And And what am I doing to the collective society, starting with myself? Not so much what's being done to me. Yeah, I'm concerned about what's being done to me. Hell yeah. I care about what I get. But what's more important is what I give and what I do to others. And I had something else, but that's all I could think of right now. Um, for me, my going very short.
0: It takes a, uh, it takes um, a lot of knowledge building first, like building like minded individuals to build that community with. So for me, uh, it just takes time and patience and a lot of learning. And a lot of enhancing one's perception, enhancing enhancing one's emotional capacity to help others and guide others on a similar journey. Um, it's it's not like a, it's not really something that happens quickly, but it happens certainly.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to uh, for those people who are like stuck in religion, like just countering race to white supremacy has, has to become the new religion. And they have to like, you have to, if you want to like go about this, wanna reach out to the religious Blacks, you know, tell them in a way, show them in a way to channel all their Christian energy and tend to denouncing it and, and coming up with a, like, countering racist, white supremacy, religion, you know, you know, codified behavior, you know, like all codified behavior and, um and um, the code book is by choice, you know, you don't have to um, practice all of it, but a religion, you would have to practice all of it. So a codified religion, if you want to go that route, I just think everyone needs to be on a collective mission to countering white supremacy. And that's my religion, that's what I'm doing, that's, why, that's my beliefs, that's why I believe practicing. Just one last
2: thing, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just one, one last thing I heard said that until we as a disenfranchised people come together and establish our own, which may mean ultimately. I, I don't know what would, what would make more sense: establishing it here on the on the American continent, which is a captured land, a conquered land, a colonized land, or you, you know, they, you know, until we collectively come together and establish our own laws, we govern ourselves. We we you know, our own country, our own something, whether it be going, you know, uniting with one of the African countries and saying, okay, this is going to be where we come together and have our own totally separate and apart. Like, you know, I'm a Malcolm X person. We need our own everything. They won't respect us until we establish our own country. All the African countries are still colonized they're living under neo-col- neocolonialism until we come together in Africa and take control of manufacturing our own resources with all the resources are there the cobalt, the plutonium and uranium, the gold, the rubber everything that civilization needs to thrive and continue is is on the motherland. So if we that's that's you know that's that's what the ultimate you know, for us to reconnect and repatriate, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I think that will happen when we all go back to our our Africanness, reconnect to our Africanness and redevelop our African consciousness because right now we're all stuck in, like, the wanting to be white programming, we're programming to be white, even if we think we have, like, like, um, a lot lot of like people who I will say this to will say I know I'm black I got black culture we got hip hop like we, we got we got dancing we got um you know we got like good hairstyles and all that stuff I'm like okay but how is that as black culture protecting the race from extermination genocide racism white supremacy so we need to develop a culture which is that a culture that protects our race and ensures our race but we we need black power for that, and we, in order to, to to do that, well, Ben says we would need to get in control of our own resources, which are in Africa, and I think if we develop critical mass, global critical mass, it w- it, it shouldn't be hard to uh, rally those our African comrades to you know take take over, it, get their resources back. You know, there's more of of uh, them than um. Then um then the white supremacists and if they start bombing our African brothers and sisters then over here we have to start you know defending them if so that's what like that's a a solution a solutionary you
0: know I, I agree with I, said. I agree with everything that has been said so
2: far actually
0: with like as well
2: and What Trey was saying about getting knowledge and information you know unfortunately the main source of knowledge and information for our young people are movies that's why I'm glad you're a filmmaker and I have five I have five movies inside of me and they're all they're all overthrowing white folks they're all I don't want you know, I I gave you an excerpt of one of them, but yeah.
0: Yeah, you never sent me the the, the, the writing of one of it though. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah I see. got that. I, I, and, yeah. And, and. I told
5: making films and everybody working with the, with their own talents and gifts, with the mindset of countering white supremacy is our way out. And yeah, just also like directly into the the Easter bunny games, um the Practicing of and I just thought to myself, okay, so where's our monopoly? Where's our monopoly board that teaches us um, African sense of thought? Where's our card games that teaches that? Where's our trivia that will help incite this? This is because at the end of the day, like we, we said, it's hard for people to read, and if us, if we understand that, that there's other ways that people can take in information or can get the books, then creating these or having avenues.
1: Man, your, your mic's like cracking. Oh, yeah. All oh. um, of it, it was choppy, so you should repeat all of it, TBH.
5: Yeah, I was just talking about, um, like, as we were all stating that our people don't like... right to- back. Our people don't like to read too tough, so um, in like the way that these white supremacist practices were ingrained into us, like um, going and collecting these eggs, all these little things that we that we did to take it in. I thought, why don't we beat them at their own game and create um, African (laughs) centric? So like, uh, where's our monopoly board? Where's our card games? Where's our trivia? African-centered thought trivia card games that we can distribute amongst ourselves that get people thinking about where did this knowledge come from and then going going back to the books and then us all developing this unified thinking through um, adding to the culture in that way because we understand that reading is so secondary to us at this point.
1: that's a a great idea i actually will like start i want to start like devising you know like black board games about like ending white supremacy like you win by coming up by by, like either getting your piece to like the end white supremacy piece i don't know but that's a great you know and and card games and like you know if you're gonna like you know have like game nights and whatnot why not be thinking about why would not be reinforcing any white supremacy you know know, yeah Creating yeah. this economics and that and that ways. So and um,
0: I've I've experienced creating uh games and board games. Uh, I created a uh, board game for February twenty one that still used still today to get people acquainted with all the departments and roles of the job. So uh, we can we can literally sit down and do this. It doesn't have to be abstract thought. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that. Cause the, even that, that game, Cards Against Humanity, is literally like another manifestation of white supremacy and how all the jokes are like not all the jokes, but a lot of the jokes can be geared towards the dem, the demeaning and attack and abuse of black people, like putting black underneath like um, the deaf things. And I haven't played that game in a long time, but I know it's super racist and like primarily the black people. Okay.
1: And, and, and we can literally do it like cards against white supremacy. We can literally do our own version of that. We can like just how they just how they like you know um niggerize all of our culture and all of our creations and turn it against us. Bam. Do the same thing. Our um, back passion. The
5: African
2: sentence. Can you imagine how much I'm oh, sorry.
5: Now, I was gonna say with the completion of Urugu,
2: we're all set. Oh yeah,
1: well, well, we need we need the the code book. We need like to codify ourselves because, um, yeah, a, a lot of us are not codified. A lot of us are be, be caught with our uncodified um, behavior and, and, and thought processes, you know. Sorry, was Yeah, and, and I and I do believe we um uh, may have um members. Who who are who are stuck in tragic arrangements, you know, which is like not not okay. They like, so, a lot a lot of stupid stuff. we're still learning, what we'll, and we're like maintaining under this system.
2: So and one of the big starts for this would be to cancel Christmas, cancel Thanksgiving, cancel Halloween, yeah. cancel Valentine. Can you? We could actually, if not like put a dent, we might be able to really make a super strong statement to this society. If, if, if black people collectively stop celebrating their holiday, they yeah, don't no, to do with that. Yeah, well, yeah
1: there are hor- horror days. Uh, all holidays are, are horror days, and we should not like celebrate any of them. Actually, the most deadly time of the, the year for black people is from October 31st to January 1st. That's when most black life is lost. So, yeah, um, Ben, you're totally right. We should have stopped fucking celebrating holidays, horror days, a long time ago. But our people are so lost in the programming. And, Kwanzaa. We can
2: do Kwanzaa. That's the one we can do. Yeah.
1: But I'm not, I'm not interested in celebrating anything until white supremacy is, is over. And
5: one thing that I also observed, especially with these holidays, they're done around the time where astronomically or like um, metaphysically in the air it's high spiritual energy. It's it's all done on these days for a reason. So not just not parte- participating in that, but replacing it with something that we do privately because energetically still speak like All Hallows' Eve, there's a reason people do rituals on that day. There's a reason why they want everybody to to walk around witches' costumes. There's there's a there's something more spiritual happening on that day and actually understanding the information and then reversing it and countering it to um, counter white supremacy is our best bet. Because at the end of the day, metaphysics is always gonna be there and we just use it to our advantage.